When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from howstuffworks.com. Scott, it's a time for a podcast. Oh, that was unexpected. Yeah, that wasn't very good either. But (laughs) hey, can you guess what... What that was? What accent that was? Um, That's not the way I really sound. Oh my gosh! I'm gonna uh, maybe I'll guess. Uh, you know what I do know? Italian. It was Italian. It was. And sorry in advance to any any Italian listeners. Um, we're we're just having fun here. It's another great day at high speed stuff. We've got some pretty cool things to talk about. Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, but there are a lot of there are a lot of. Uh, very interesting uh, Italian car manufacturers, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. a lot of supercar makers are Italian. Uh, in addition to that, there are just some, um, I guess, more pedestrian versions of cars. You know, the mm-hmm. Fiat, and mm-hmm. they're just it, it doesn't have to be supercars, but you know, that just happens to be where several of them come from. Yes. Oh yeah, got a, and those have a great reputation. So, how far back would you say uh, Italians go with cars? Um, I would say way, way, way back. You mean like the 1900s? Uh, no. Uh, earlier, later? Earlier. Earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, 18, 18-somethings? Eight, A lot earlier, which you're going to be shocked by because, well, we know the first the, car was sometime in the late 1800s. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right around, actually, 1885. All right. Consider me interested. Listeners, you can't see this, but this is my interested face. <laughs> so, that is interested, yeah. It actually dates all the way back, and you're going to hold on to your socks, Ben. Where are they? Hang on. Okay. 1478. 1478? 1478. Now, if you're going to say, well, cars weren't around 500 years ago, right? Well, let me get to my line. Hold on. Cars weren't around until <laughs> 500 years ago, right? <laughs> I was guessing, yeah. yeah uh, the, the, well, the thing is, it was just a sketch. It really wasn't um, – it wasn't ever produced. It wasn't built. But uh, there was one man, Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci, who sketched a very primitive version of an automobile. Leonardo da Vinci sketched 
the automobile, a version of the well, automobile. Well, a version of. It's not really what we think of as a modern automobile, but, um, well, you know what? In a way, I guess it is. It, it, it kind of is. It's more of a self-propelled cart, really. But mm. um, you got to remember that in 1478, this had never been done before. This was, uh, this was all new. So um, up until that point, vehicles were all powered by, you know, by animals or by people, I guess, you know, people mm-hmm. pushing vehicles. Um, or gravity, I guess, would do it as well. Right. But uh, this was a self-propelled cart that he designed, and uh, you know, it just sketched it. It was never, like I said, never built in okay. his in his time. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about that later. But um, never built in his time, but it was proven to function. Crazy, because he built. It, well, excuse me, if I'm correct, he uh, sketched quite a few things that were never built in his time. He did. He's now. I mean, I guess maybe we should talk about who he was, really. Oh, yeah. And, and what, yeah. He, what he's responsible for or, you know, what he's capable of or what he was mm-hmm. capable of. Um, he has a long list of, of uh, professions, I guess. He was a mm-hmm. jack-of-all-trades, a renaissance man. A renaissance man, renaissance yeah. man. You knew I was getting to it, right? Um, anyways, he's, he's always, like, way, way ahead of his time with everything that he did. But um, being when we're saying renaissance man, what we mean is that he was kind of – he did everything. He had multiple interests and areas of expertise. That's right. He was. I'm just going to go down the list here. He, yeah. was a, he was a scientist, an inventor, an artist, a sculptor. He was an, astro- um, an anatomy expert. He was an engineer and an architect. And I think he did things like you know fish tank repair and uh, a little bit of plumbing on the side. Yeah. And he was yeah. also. A, no, and now, he now, no, he's he in, now he's in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's but he did you know some of his famous paintings. He he um, he did the Mona Lisa, the Last Supper. Sure. Um, he sketched the Vitruvian Man, which was you know the mm. the anatomy of man really. I mean, on the cover of every anatomical textbook. Correct. Yeah. See, I mean, you're familiar with it, yeah. but um, remarkable person, really. Sure. He did a lot of things, and uh, among those was uh, the sketch of the car. That's so crazy. I mean. Does this does this guy not already have enough? You know what I mean. <laughs> he needed to add to his resume, I guess. My gosh, Da Vinci! But, can we have one thing? You know, <laughs> there's a there's actually a whole list of things that maybe we'll read later that uh, you know inventions that were again far ahead of his time that you mm. know either were proven to work or not work. But you know, at least he had the uh, the thought. And again, this is you know 500 years ahead of its yeah. time. So well, we can we can run down a couple of those. If yeah. you want, just put okay. it in perspective. Well, just so you know what he was up to. I mean, he yeah. sketched he sketched all of these. He sketched a para- the parachute, yep. the yeah. tank, mm-hmm. the steam engine, um, the airplane, submarine, helicopter, which he called the aerial screw, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, oh, and d- that's that's named for the uh, type of type of propeller it had on the top. It, oh, okay. Yeah, not you know he wasn't making some sort of lewd joke. <laughs> I'll buy that. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he also came up with the idea for the odometer, um, which, you know what, just going off my memory, I don't have a note about this sure. or anything, but this was some sort of uh, a wheel system with, with gears and holes, and it required the person to drop a pebble through holes that would line up at certain points, and then you would count the number of pebbles to determine how far you'd traveled. That's so, so it's crazy. Really, <laughs> it's very primitive, of course, yeah. but um, you know that's the early odometer design. Wow. And uh, let's see, also came up with a uh, canal dredger, which was important at the time, you know, because sure. you needed a way to travel and via water. Um, and the paddle boat—that's another one of his designs. The paddle boat. The paddle boat. Yeah. Up wow. until that point, I guess everybody had been going with the current. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, this is a way to uh, to fight upstream, I guess. So this guy is 
really, it's no exaggeration when we say he's ahead of his time. When you consider this is a man in 15th century uh, Europe who is thinking of things that mainstream science wasn't even really messing with till much, much later. Oh, it was a long time later. And, um, I mean, just think about 500 years prior to the first automobile. That's a long, long time. And I know we keep calling it automobile, and it's sort of yeah, is, sort of isn't. Yeah. But, but the thought behind it that, you know, something could move on its own without a mm-hmm. human pushing it, without an animal pulling it, um, that's pretty remarkable, I think. Yeah, and when we when we say that it's a sketch... You know, it's easy to say, well, I could draw that. Somebody Mm -hmm. uh, sometime before him surely drew something like that. But this, when we say this is a sketch, uh, this this isn't just, you know, an artistic depiction. This is a really detailed version, right? Correct, yeah. And you know what? As a matter of fact, it... It's detailed. It did have one area that was kind of a mystery, though, and that's mm-hmm. actually the holdup of why it wasn't um, wasn't wasn't built until um, it was after 2000. I'll tell you that right now. It was in, um it was built in 2004. Hold on. Oh, yeah. They really built it. Yeah, it's really been built. Well, yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to let the cat out of the bag there, but uh, we'll, I guess maybe we'll get back to that in just a moment. But <laughs> there's. There was a <laughs> <laughs> that cat is long Surprise. gone, my friend. <laughs> Surprise. Surprise. Now, um. It was built, but there was a there was an area that was hidden, and it was in, in the sketch, and it was it was enclosed. And for the longest time, they thought it was a leaf spring design that was hidden within this box. Mm-hmm. What it really was was a coil spring, and that is what stored the energy to allow this thing to move. So, um, just by figuring out that that was a coil spring that's supposed to be within that box, that's what led to this thing being able to be produced. Now, here's the big question. Mm-hmm. So, okay, they built it. Yeah, sorry about that. No, no, we've got one more cat in this bag. <laughs> yeah. What happened after they built it? You know, did it did it work? Did it not work? It actually did work. It truly did work. But now they were, they were actually afraid that it was going to have too much power, too much stored energy when they released this thing because it was pretty big. And I, I don't have the exact measurements here, but it was – it was a decent size, but what they did was they built a, I think it was a one-third scale model, um, okay. just just to make sure that it wasn't going to be too dangerous uh, once they released the, the pressure on this thing. It wasn't just going to either destroy itself or just mm-hmm. take off, because it was a pretty substantial vehicle, heavy. And so they built the scale model, the scale model worked, and of course then the, uh, the real model worked. And they found out that the sketch has the idea for a, a real primitive version of programmable steering. So this this cart that's now self-propelled that they designed, remember, mm-hmm. 500 years ago, has programmable steering, which I, I find that remarkable. Well, break that down real quick. Programmable steering, what exactly do we mean? Well, it's, it's pretty simple. That it, All it means is that it can travel a certain distance and then turn. And I don't know if it can make multiple turns or just one turn, but um, according to the notes, it can only turn one direction. It can only make right-hand turns, but still we're talking about, again, 500 years ago, someone thinking that far ahead. And it's it's accomplished by uh, just using wooden blocks um, and allowing the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the vehicle to travel a certain predetermined distance and then turn. So it's it's you can calculate exactly how far it goes before it turns. But it, again, it can only turn right. That's nuts. I guess that's why it didn't get built, you know, because it's useless in a race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, when you have to turn left all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah, we turn left here in the States. Uh, but um, we, Oh, yeah, we do. That's, I'm sure that's <laughs> NASCAR, what he was worried right? about when he was designing Yeah, I'm it. sure he was thinking of NASCAR. He was thinking centuries ahead into the future. Yeah, yeah I'm positive of that. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, anyways, he was. It, it was. It's pretty remarkable. This thing. Mm. It's. It's currently on display. It's. I think it's at the. I'm going to read here. The Institute and Museum of the History of Science, and it's in Florence, Italy. And you know, that's the group that built it. Of course, they were. Uh, again, it was in 2004. So you're talking 500 plus years before this thing was actually uh, put together. Man, I would love to see that thing. I really would too. I've seen photos of it. It's. Mm. It's. I don't know if I should even say it's impressive or not. I don't know if it is. It just looks like a cart. It looks like a wagon. But mm. um, just the idea that this thing can move itself and, and the time frame in which it was designed, yeah. that's the most impressive part. And it's a three-wheeler, Ben. It's a three-wheeler? I forgot to mention this part. Yeah, it's a three-wheeler. We had talked about three-wheelers in the past. It's a three-wheeler. Oh, no. What if he's ahead of our time, too? <laughs> what if we're just another part of this uh, this space between Da Vinci and the modern age? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, I mean that's pretty remarkable. I guess. Yeah. I, mean, it, um, I don't know. It's because it, we, we talked about three wheelers in the past, mm-hmm. and that's actually a pretty good design. So um, again, yeah, another another move. He is my pick for yeah. uh, someone to to survive a shipwreck with. <laughs> you know, he would get us off the island. I think he would. Yeah. 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 Um, I guess I'd be Gilligan though, but I'll live with that. <laughs> so uh, since we're talking about racing, I guess before we before we wrap this up. We got a pretty good uh, we got a pretty good uh, listener mail today, didn't we? Yes, we did. Uh, we got a listener mail from Gary, and Gary lives in Ireland. And Gary said that he listens regularly, and he caught the bit about pit stops. And he was watching the British Formula One Grand Prix, and they had a little section about how the pit stops work. And we just talked about them, so you know, this yeah, piqued his interest. Um, he said he actually gave us a link to a, um, a video on YouTube, uh, which shows 26 people in an F1 pit stop crew, and shows them actually doing it. Yeah, uh, you've watched this now. I, yeah. I I have just, you know, I haven't I haven't looked at it yet. I'm going to as soon as we leave here because mm-hmm. I love Formula One and I think this sounds right up my alley. It's super impressive. Uh, mm-hmm. Gary, Gary uh, sent an awesome video in, uh, so thank you, Gary, because those guys are not playing around. Now, remember, at first, I was a little bit skeptical about having 20-plus people fixing a car in that short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Man, they are not playing around. Yeah, because what, what kind of uh, time were we talking? It was like seven seconds or something, yeah, wasn't it's it? Like a, it is like a machine. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, seriously, an assembly line that happens to be using people as parts. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Awesome. I, yeah. I was, I was. Yeah, every time I watch mm. F1, I'm blown away by the precision that those guys exhibit. Mm. And um, I don't know. I, I'm inter- I'm really interested in watching this video today. Mm. Um, I think it's going to be worthwhile. So thank you, Gary. I appreciate it. And um, well, I think that's about all I have. About yeah. That, so. And uh, so again, thanks to Gary, and thanks to all of our listeners out there, and everybody who's writing in. We sure do love listener mail. If you have an idea. For an upcoming uh, podcast, or if you have any suggestions for us, please do send us a line at highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. And be sure to check out the High Speed Stuff blog on the howstuffworks.com homepage. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? 
electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So Toyota is electrified diversified? Yup, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.